Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Visual Lounge. We've got a fantastic show. I'm your host, Matt Pierce. I'm the Learning and Video Ambassador for TechSmith. We are going to be talking about repurposing content. And in particular, we're going to talk today about repurposing video. And if, if you're not doing that, you're not thinking about how you can repurpose your videos, how you can get more bang for your buck, if you will, then it's something you really should stop and think about. And we have a fantastic guest who is going to be able to help talk us through some of the things that we should be thinking about with repurposing content because she is an expert and a master at doing just that. So let me let me introduce our guest today. Amy Woods is an expert in content repurposing and the founder of Content 10X, a niche creative agency. She helps content creators grow their audience by maximizing their return on the content they create. She works with businesses, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, and is a content repurposing powerhouse behind some of the most well-known podcasts and video shows including this one, I should say. Amy is the host of Content 10X podcast, and she's the author of the best-selling book, Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results, the ultimate guide to reaching more people online with your content. She talks on stages all around the world about content repurposing, including at events like PodFest, Multimedia Expo, Podcast Movement, Youpreneur Summit, and Radio Days. And we're going to add to that illustrious list now that she's here on the Visual Lounge. Welcome, Amy. We're glad you're here. <laughs> Oh, thank you for having me, and thanks for such a nice introduction as well. <laughs> oh, you are so welcome. I, I'm 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 just thrilled that you're here because I'm gonna just let me just lay some groundwork. So we get to work with you here at TechSmith, and you help us take things like the Visual Lounge and turn it to content. And, and I just want to say the work that you and your team your team do is just so impressive, and it's really cool to see kind of like it's expand, I'll say it's been a mind expanding opportunity to see like one one thing that we've done and turn it into. I don't know, multiple 20, 30 pieces of content is pretty cool. Oh, thank you so much. And it's it's such a pleasure to work with you as well and work with such high quality content. It, it makes it easier to do our job when we work with such pros like you guys. So yeah, thank you as well. <laughs> I hope everyone heard that. I was just called a pro, so I'm feeling pretty good already. This is favorite <laughs> my favorite interview so far. Um, Amy, for those who, like, I obviously I read your, your, your introduction, but I'm curious for those who haven't had a chance to meet you or uh, what, what would you tell our audience that's listening about yourself? Oh, something about myself. Is this one of those kind of that people won't know questions? <laughs> no, just a general background, just to get help them to get to know you and your organization yeah, a little bit sure. better than what I've said already. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I come from a management consultancy background, funnily enough. So, um, I worked for 13 years as a management consultant uh, with Accenture before I started my business. So that was kind of working with Fortune 500 companies, mainly 
my area was mergers and acquisitions and integrations and things like that. So quite different to what I do today. Um, started Content 10X uh, just over three years ago. Um, as you mentioned, so we work with businesses that create episodic content. So businesses that have perhaps a weekly live stream, weekly video, weekly podcast, that kind of thing. Um and we, well, we we repurpose the the content for them, and um, it really doesn't matter what industry uh, the clients are that we work with. Um, but it's all about you know taking quality content and then doing so much more with it. So um, the, the content X, we have like you know a whole stream of different disciplines, different specialists that go into repurposing, which I guess is what we're going to touch on today. Kind of what goes into it and, and what is it? Um, but yeah, and as you said as well as the um, the service for myself. Um, I, I do speaking and, um, uh, well, I did. <laughs> I did do speaking, haven't done an awful lot <laughs> um, in the last year or so. Um, and I, I wrote my book and, um, yeah, I live in the UK, live in Manchester in the UK. Perfect. Perfect. So Amy, one of the questions that as you're, you know, I was going through and preparing to talk with you today that came up, you know, I'm curious where your idea, the idea of, 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 creating like repurposing content really came from it. You know, you talked about, I, I was curious, is it, does it come from the consulting background or is there something that you've seen that, that said that made you stop and think and say like, this is such a great opportunity and not enough people are doing it. I think it it's a blend of both. So I think that the consulting side of me um, kind of saw this massive opportunity to bring systems and processes to uh, creating content. And it saw this opportunity to get more of a return on investment from the, the time and the cost that you put into creating content. So I, I guess like from that side, that's where things went off in my head in terms of um there's a bit there's a big opportunity here and it's something that more people should do and then in terms of from a business perspective then why did I set it up it also comes down to seeing the opportunity I suppose in the marketplace too in terms of I didn't really you know see anybody else offering content repurposing as a, a niche like specialist service to content creators um and I was trying to blend the mix of my love for creativity and my love for, you know, just, just coming up with new ideas and, and being super creative, but also the thing inside me that is very kind of process and, and system orientated and kind of bringing that together, which I think are the, the two key important factors in really effectively repurposing on a weekly type basis or more than weekly but when you're creating episodic content you need systems and processes but you do need to be super creative as well because it, it repurposing is not copying and pasting or just reposting the same things or at least not in the way that we do it so it's it's the blend of both really that i think appealed to me and made me think that there was an opportunity to, to do something with that yeah, no, that, I mean, that's, that's awesome because I, I do know as, as a content creator and someone who's doing this, that it, it is challenging to, to find the time, kind of the headspace and all the things that are needed to really repurpose content and not just be a copy paste. So like, I think obviously that's like kind of baseline, you can do that. But uh, I, I think that's one of the things I've been really thinking about lately with repurposing content is how do I get better at it? How do I make it's so it's part of the process because I think 
what happens is we, as creators, we get so busy and we're so focused on the main output that we forget that there's like, we're thinking always, oh, what's the next thing we've got to create. But the reality is, and what I've, I've learned from, from you, Amy, is I don't have to create the next thing necessarily. I can, I've got great content that probably people didn't see, they didn't pick up on. And I can, if I can use that to, I mean, I love the 10 X part of it, right? I can really amplify what, whatever it is that I'm doing. Uh, let's talk a little bit specifically about video content. Cause we're all, at text with, you know, we're all about making a lot of video content, image content. So I'm guessing that there's people that are watching this who are not, they're not thinking about this idea of repurposing their content. For you, what what are the keys to like someone being able to have content that is, we'll say that is good to repurpose? Because I'm guessing like you could repurpose anything, but there's probably things we could be doing to make it better or more, uh, I guess, more easily repurposed. Do you have any suggestions or advice for, for, for I'm thinking for myself, yeah. but also for my audience? <laughs> Yeah, so I think that there are certain things that make content more repurposable. Like you said, you can probably say you could repurpose most things, but it, to make it more repurposable and to make sure it's kind of quality coming out of quality. Um, I think that, well, firstly, it's good to have an evergreen approach, I think, to, um, to content and to when you're repurposing content. Something great about doing that is that you can you can do a, a, a live stream like we are today, but then the repurposed content can go on not just for the, the week or the month afterwards, but it can be in your kind of treasure trove, your, your vault of, of great content for, you know, a long time. And you can be bringing out, you know, tips and snippets and, and, and all sorts of value from something that was a while ago in the months and years to come. So I think it, one aspect is thinking about that in terms of, um, if you're really going to be going all in on repurposing, think about a, a content format that is perhaps quite evergreen and will stand the test of time. Um, I think another thing that I really promote is looking at ways that perhaps you could segment your content as well. Um, and I, I mean that from the point of view of when we're talking about video, so video repurposing, if you can uh, come up with a format for the videos that you create, whether it's, you know, pre-recorded videos, interviews, talking head thought leadership style videos, whatever they are. But if you can come up with formats where there's, there's certain segments to your content, then that can mean that it repurposes really well as well, because you can re you can repurpose the same kind of segments every single week. And an, an example that I love to give for this um, goes into the TV world. Um, so I love the TV chat shows and the way that they do their repurposing. Um, so my example is on the Late Late Show with James Corden, um, he has carpool karaoke as a segment in his show. And then that gets repurposed as a standalone piece of content that goes onto their YouTube. Um, I don't know about in the US, um, but in the UK, there's even a carpool karaoke TV show where it's just the carpool karaoke's that he's done that you watch on TV. So it's a separate TV show from a segment of a TV show. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and people can be fans of that. I will admit that 
I am. Um, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen an entire episode of his his Late Late Show. But I I'm like a fan of the segments of his show. I'm quite a fan of Carpool Karaoke, and I'm quite a fan of the wind ups that he does and things like that. And um, if you haven't seen what I'm talking about on that show, I probably can think of other TV talk shows that do similar where they. they they have these special segments in the shows and you could take that own that just that segment out and you could almost have fans of the segment even if you don't have fans of the whole show um and I think, you know, that's just an example, but thinking about, um, so from like B2B marketing type videos, thinking about uh, maybe having the same three killer questions that you always ask, like a, a guest or um, the same uh, quick fire round or something like that. And then when you're repurposing that video content, you could always do your, your one minute teaser on Instagram could always be the quick fire round or something like that. So um, that's a great way of thinking about how you can be breaking videos for more video content and then other forms of content too. And I guess the other thing I was just going to say is structure as well. So it comes in with segmenting, but just when we work with content, when the content is really well uh, structured um, it's just a lot easier to repurpose as well so having you know like similar kinds of formats having a, a decent structure to the content and it will always you know go on to repurpose further um, interviews are great for repurposing because you can get so much out of the conversation but if you're doing um, solo type thought leadership videos then what I mean by structure is perhaps um, talking about, you know, the 10 reasons why you should create video, that kind of structure to it, like lists, that kind of thing, because then that content can be um, far easily repurposed than when maybe it's a, you know, kind of long um, rambling, <laughs> like a <laughs> structureless <laughs> um, video. No. So, yeah. Yeah. These are awesome. And I, I so a couple of things that, that I, I want to kind of summarize what you said, because there's a, I think there's a lot to unpack here. I love the idea of evergreen. And for anyone that's listening, if, if they don't know that term, it just means content that can live. It's not dated easily. Right. Like you're not probably talking about specific events in time or you're like we had a great piece of content that was about how to do green screen, you know, like how to create green screen video. That thing just kept going like it was a blog post. It just kept going and going and going and going because that was content people still needed a, a year, three, five years after it was originally written. The segment idea is really interesting because I think all of a sudden you can create this, you can package content in different ways, which I, I'm, I, I'm thinking about. That's really exciting, right? Because I, you know, I might've seen a segment, this segment here, but then I want to see what maybe another guest did or another guest. And I can bring that all into new content that's going to allow maybe new eyeballs or people to see things that aren't, uh, things that they saw before. And then, th then the last one that you said is the just building a, a common structure, which yeah. I, I'm, I'm also taking notes and I, I'm thinking, oh man, Amy's probably thinking every time they get one of our videos, like they could do this better. They could do this better. <laughs> they could do this better. But that, <laughs> the structure, right. Having a consistent, so people know what people like consistency. They know what, to, like as much as I think people say, oh, I, I don't mind surprises. They want to know what's going to come, what's coming next, right? They want to know that yeah. if we have, Matt has an introduction, then there's going to be this piece and then there's going to be this piece. Uh, so I love, I love all these ideas and, and that it's not just solely about like, how do I take this one piece of video and chop it up into 12 different things? It's, it's really thinking about like a long, you know, the one video, but then along the 12 different videos. 
I, I can I can hear uh, you know the the back of my head the voice that says like the naysayer it says like Amy that's a lot of work and yeah. and obviously not everybody can work with content 10x uh, as much as we we'd want to encourage them to do so but like what what strategies do you have to say like how does someone go about getting better at, at repurposing content in in a in a very I'm talking about the actual work part of it. Um, are there things that you've found along the way that have helped you guys to get faster and able to do that kind of consistently better? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's as you said. Uh, I think it, like often creators, it the passion often comes with the um, the creating of that first original content, and it's probably a lot more appealing um, to then go on and start planning the next, you know original piece of content, the, the next video, as opposed to um, sitting down and, and doing all the work that goes with the repurposing. So I, I think uh, I, I mentioned at the start, I'm a big fan of systems and processes. And I think a way that something that you really do need to do is um, is incorporate a, pro, a, a, a process that you follow um, for each piece of content that you create that ensures that you are going to do the repurposing. And I, I almost you know, to the point, say that you should make a rule with yourself that you have to tick everything off that process checklist before you allow yourself <laughs> to go on and create the next piece. Um, it doesn't necessarily work because I'm also a massive fan of batching as well and saying that you should you should batch content depending on what, you know, pre-recorded or live. But I think, um, so using a tool, so if you are, if you have a project management type um uh, tools that you use like Trello, we love Trello, you know, there's Basecamp, there's Asana, hear a lot of people talk about ClickUp recently, haven't used that, but those kind of tools. So um, the, the online project management, um, task management type tools, I think um, something that will really help is to firstly just bring that process and structure. So decide what you are going to do, what you are going to repurpose the content into. Um, the, another thing is to maybe try not to do everything and just try to be consistent. So try, if you try and do everything, if you think, okay, I, you know, I'm really inspired. So from now on, I'm going to do a weekly video and then I'm going to repurpose that into a blog post. I'm going to create 10 square teaser videos that I'll put on Instagram. I'll do a bunch of short story videos. Um, I'll create quote graphics and so on and so forth. I think um, you might end up doing all of that passionately for about two to three weeks and then, <laughs> um, and then it will start to drop off because it's a bit too much and it's maybe taking on, you know, it's kind of, um, you don't you don't go out the door and run a marathon when you're training for a marathon. You go and run five miles and six miles and seven miles and you build up. And I think in the same way, um, don't try and take on too much. Just try and build habits first. Try and build the, a process that you're going to follow and try and make that habitual. So if that is just that with every single video that you do from now on, you are going to um, turn it into a long form blog post and you're going to always have that blog post going onto your website as well. And, and do that on a regular basis and have the process that you'll follow for that. The writing blog posts they still work with that. You know, there's still, you know, images for the blog post and the SEO aspects and getting it on your site. So even just saying that one thing, it's not a small one additional task. Um, well, maybe you'll stick with video, but you'll you'll take one video and you will um, edit that because that might be more your area of expertise. You know, if you're in video anyway, you'll edit that to some shorter teaser videos. But whatever it is, just get regular with that. And then when you are regular with that, then start to look at 
the more that you can do. And um, I think just really importantly is, is paying attention to where your audience are as well. So as well as not biting off more than you can chew from what your create perspective, um, don't try and you know, be absolutely everywhere if your audience aren't there. So just try and restrict the channels that you want to be um, putting content out on. And so develop the process, try and make it a habit, take on too much and build it up over time and look at what's working and what's just have an open mind, I think. No, I, I, what, what, uh, great advice. And I, one thing I've noticed that, that you guys do for us that I think is really helpful here and, and to add to this, uh, if I may, is uh, the idea that you've templatized a lot of things, right? Like there's yeah, certain components yeah. that you don't have to stop and recreate. Like, I, and I do this to myself all the time. I'm like, Oh, I want to make something. I'm going to make 10 things. And then, then all of a sudden I'm making like 10 individual things. And then the next time I'm like, I don't want to make 10 more things. And it's like, yeah. like having some basic themes and templates that I think it's good to shift over time. So it's not all, you know, over, you know, two years, you're not doing it just the same 10 looking things that all look alike. But I, I found that yeah. to be incredibly useful and, and helpful for my own thinking uh, uh, for content. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what great advice. Um, you did break up a little bit there. I just want to let everybody know, Amy's been having terrible internet today. So if we lose her, if something happens, our apologies, but we'll, we'll keep going as long as your internet signal is strong. If you don't mind, mm -hmm. I would like to go to a comment from the audience and, and see, get your take on it, Amy. Uh, yeah. Club Club KMA, let's see if I can find their comment here, post onto the, says, in repurposing video, could a similar process be used for taking a long video and breaking it down into individual small parts for shorter social stories? And they go on to say an example would be business values, long video, then each value posted separately for ease of viewing and get her, getting better chance for one minute view versus 10 minute views. So any thoughts about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's um, I really recommend that approach. And it's that example of there was the structure there of like, you know, the 10 um, posts. So you can get 10 videos from that. Um, so, yeah, I really recommend that. I'm assuming that the longer video would perhaps be um, something um, going on uh, web, the website, perhaps like YouTube. Um, and then the shorter videos are going to go on the shorter the, the social media platforms. And um, so, yeah, I really recommend that just that then you just need to pay attention to the platform that you're posting on um, from a aspect ratio perspective and, and what the, the look and feel of, of what the template should look like as, as you just said Matt you know create the right templates and the right look and feel for the different platforms but I, I highly recommend that and in that case just make it part of the editing process when you've edited that video you haven't finished at the point that the 10 minute one comes off you finished at the point that you've then edited down into the the shorter sections but yeah really really recommend doing that it's, it's just such a great way to get people to the longer form and or just they get the value that they want from seeing that one great piece of advice, that great value that you shared in the shorter video. Yeah. And I would even recommend uh, Club KMA that you think about when you're creating that video, build it so it's easy to edit. Like I, I I do this a lot of times where I'm like, I'm just going to go through rapid fire the things I'm going to say. But if you just took a little time to structure and say, I'm going to leave a little bit of uh, kind of space and breathing, you know, not speaking, it's much easier to cut those pieces out, have them, you know, maybe you make do something. So you're repeating like 
Number two, blah, 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 blah. So it makes it just so it could stand alone easier. I think just any planning you can do in advance. But I actually took this advice, Amy, looking at the, all the content that I've seen uh, your team doing. And I, I create a lot of PowerPoint presentations for a lot of virtual events now because we're not in person. Um, and mm -hmm. I have a, a slide deck, you know, and I was thinking, you know, I need to promote for this particular event the the fact that I'm speaking. Uh, and I it was seven, I think it's like seven myths of video creation. And, you know, I don't want to give away all the information because I want people to go to the presentation, but I have like seven slides that are like number one, and it just says the title of what it is. And so I've been, I, I basically loaded those up as tweets and I can share those That's out brilliant. just easy. And so I, I, I think um, as you're thinking about this, uh, as we're talking here, I'm thinking, okay, there's some effort here. This isn't free. There's some process you're going to have to either wrap your head around, develop, but from a, let's, let's that work and effort, what for you have, have you seen as kind of the general kind of return on it, that investment, if you will? I don't think we need to talk dollars and cents because it's too complicated to, you know, wishy-washy in terms of we don't know real numbers, but what kind of things have you seen as people have been taking on this, the effort of repurposing their content in terms of their reach or their ability to their, get their message out, generally speaking? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it really depends on what your, you know, what your overall goals are with the content full stop. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're creating video content predominantly for YouTube, um, is your overall goal to grow a YouTube channel, get loads of subscribers and start to, you know, monetize a YouTube channel? Or is your overall goal still to get in front of as many people as possible? It's reach and it's ultimately to grow your business and to get people to come over and and, um, and work with you if, if you're in that space. So I think it, it's when you're looking at what are you trying to achieve and how have you um, seen a return on investment, I think, you know, firstly, you just can't forget that, that it, what is the overall overarching goal of the content full stop. But I guess what we've seen is we've seen it just talking about working with clients, firstly, just new audiences. So growing their audience by um, creating more content and, and just growing their audience anyway, but new, like the new audiences too. So people that they wouldn't have reached otherwise if they hadn't repurposed. So I guess a great example of that is um, when we work with people who are repurposing uh, videos to podcasts, so video and audio, that's where we find um, people reaching a new audience entirely um, because they're reaching people who are just more audio listeners like more um, they consume more audio content and don't necessarily consume video content so they were never finding them until they started to launch something in a completely new place in a different medium so it's audience reach but also new audiences as well that they would never have reached even if they kept you know doing more and more and more and more videos they were still never going to reach that podcast audience um i guess they're that they're the really big ones and um, but also from personal branding perspective, um, so quite a lot of the people that we work with, um, the repurposing content is helping them to be more front of mind as well. And the, the, I guess the ultimate goal is often to have more authority in their industry and to become more well known as a thought leader in their industry. So a key thing there is the repurposing is helping to keep them on point with what they want to be known for. Um, and it's it's that whole kind of not having a scattergun approach to 
lots of different content saying lots of different messages and people not really knowing what they're known for. But because the repurposing is taking something with a big message and breaking the same message, you know, down into smaller messages, it's all still completely aligned with what you want to be known for. And you'd be in front of mind more continuously um, while staying like true to the, the overall message of what you want to be known for. Um, so we just see big kind of personal brand growth, which for a lot of our clients and for us too, um, is leading to business growth as well. So an increased trust and the trust factor that comes with the content and the repurposing of the content. Um, it's, it's just increasing uh, the number of inquiries, but also it's um, making the kind of sales process a lot more smoother because people have been con- you know, able to consume a lot more content that they would have done otherwise. And in the consumption of content, more and more trust is being built up. So there's really like loads of factors to the, to the ROI. There, there is obviously, like you said, the financial factor, of course, but there's all of those aspects too, the front of mind, the trust, the new audiences, different audiences that um, play a massive part in it if it's done really well and if it's done right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I love that, right? That, that, and it goes back to something you said earlier about thinking about where your audiences are, right? And if you think that yeah. your potential audience is on a podcast or listening to podcasts, then, you know, and you're already doing something that like, I, this is one of the things I love about video, right? Is it's, it's pretty easy to turn a, a video piece into a podcast or an audio only segment. But I also think there's something to be said about this idea that, we can go like, I, I, I'm going to go to listen to things. Or I'm going to go watch things. But if I'm not a video person, I'm not going to watch your video, right? Like it doesn't matter how good the video is. Uh, I mean, I might, but the chances are much lower, but if I'm already in the podcast space or I'm already on Twitter or I'm already on Instagram or wherever I am, you want to, you want to really be where they are in, in a medium, in a format that they're going to appreciate, which I think is, which is this, which is this killer advice. One thing that came up in the, the chat that I think is kind of interesting, um, and I, I think it fits in here. Yvonne actually says that she said, repurposing content for me is not something my followers want. They request new information every time they pay for another class with me. The class info is specific to the group hiring me. So uh, I write a description for each class promotion, knowing what my potential audience will want. It takes a lot of time to write new content for every class. So Yvonne's point is like, she's doing like training content or learning con- some kind of content that she's selling. And I think that probably makes sense that you're not going to necessarily repurpose that content for that particular audience to pay for. But I guess what advice would you give to Yvonne is, is repurposing just not for her? If it's, it depends what the content is, doesn't it? So I, I get, this a lot where people are worried about the repetitive nature and they're worried that if they repurpose their content um, their audience are going to think that they are starting to sound like a bit of a broken record and they're just kind of repeating themselves and so the argument is I shouldn't that shouldn't, I don't think repurposing is for my audience because they demand fresh new content and but it does depend so I think like would probably need to know a little bit more about what the content is in the context. But um, just want to make the point that repurposing doesn't need to be repetitive. You need to find creative ways to repurpose where you are trying to look at different angles with the content that you're creating. And so when we are breaking down like longer pieces of content, 
I guess what we're trying to do is look at it from the eyes of almost like a journalist, really, like a journalistic take on extracting like the stories and the different angles that you can take um, the different questions that you could ask. So um, they did this piece of content raise um, some really great points that could cause um, a wonderful like conversation to take place on Twitter. So that's not being uh, repetitive. That's just taking something that was said and then um, putting content, totally different content, going from a long form video to a Twitter thread, something like that, um, to get people talking and get a conversation going. Um, or could you repurpose the, you know, the longer video into a, a blog post, but where you actually just draw on one aspect of the video and go deeper um, on that topic to create a slightly different blog post. So it's not always about it being exactly the same thing at all. I think it's about looking at the different angles and the different ways you could take things. And the reason it makes your life easier is because if you've already done the the first piece of content, you've put a lot of thought and, and time and attention into that. So to then kind of study that and just look at some of the different angles and the different ways you can look at that, it, that's still an easier process than starting from a completely blank canvas. And then you can, you know, you can still lead people back to the original piece or, or not. That might not be the intention of the repurposed content anyway. But I think in answer to the question, if you worried about being repetitive, I think it's more about looking at how can you approach it from a different angle. Like, like I said, for example, like could there be a, twi a, a Twitter thread that you could start? Is there a great LinkedIn post that you could put out? Um, talking about it in a different way? Is there just a brilliant question that you could pose on Instagram? Um, is there an Insta stories behind the scenes aspect that you could bring where you're sharing a bit more about the creation of the video in your Insta stories to kind of repurpose more the, the journey of the creation of that piece of content? So you just need to, I think, just think a bit more broadly to, um, to not come across as repetitive. And I totally get the concern of thinking that it could seem like a broken record to, to your audience otherwise. Yeah. And, and Yvonne goes on in the chat and talks about some other specifics of her circumstance. But I think I, I, okay. I love this idea of, of like, because I can see, I can, I can feel it myself sometimes. Like if I had not been through this process, I could be here thinking, you know, I don't know, is this really for me? But I, I do, I do love this kind of thinking about like, how we can get from con this one piece of content to many pieces of content and why that can be valuable. I, I know from a learning perspective, oftentimes, you know, we're so worried about people really perform, being able to perform their job and do stuff. But it's like, well, we've got this one piece of content. Can we, we create job aids to help, help them remember how to do that thing. Like we create step-by-step -step guides or we do these other pieces that, that are going to be valuable for them. So, um, yeah, super, super interesting stuff, Amy. I want to, I want to shift gears here a little bit and I did prep you for this question. So, um, <laughs> I, you, I know, you know, it's coming, but I, I want to get away from the repurposing content in general. And it might come back to that, uh, knowing what your focus is. But one of the questions we've been starting to ask people here on the visual lounge is, is just what's, what's when one trend that you're seeing that's starting to impact video right now that you think we as an audience should be aware of. And I know video is not maybe the primary thing you work in, but I'm, I would love to know your perspective on this. Well, I, I, I don't know whether or not it's necessarily classified as a trend, but, um, I think that, there's more beta content being created and more businesses that I wouldn't have necessarily associated with 
embracing video content, starting to do so. And I think that, I guess, like the trend or what I'm seeing being the reason for that is three things, really. So firstly, I think that during the um, the pandemic, um, when, you know, businesses have gone to more working from home, well, completely working from home, remote type uh, ways of working have resulted in lots of video calls, um, lots, of, lots of people spending way too much time on Zoom, um, and also uh, video trainings, video event, you know, lots and lots and lots of video internally within businesses that may not have happened in the past. Um, you know, like, for example, the trainings that you would have done in person, businesses looking at, can we deliver this in, a, in video? Um, even just like management uh, addresses to teams doing like weekly videos instead of stand up in the office and things like that. And I think it's meant that people are becoming a bit more comfortable on camera that maybe wouldn't have even, um, even considered or entertained it beforehand. And because of that, there's a bit more that confidence of more um, internal use of video. I'm seeing that businesses are then starting to think, right, we've always known and heard people talk about how much video content is going to be consumed. Um, and, you know, like, what do we keep hearing this Cisco statistic that like in 20, it, like it was 2020, it'd be 80% video. And then the next, in 2020, it was like by 2025, it'll be 90% video or whatever it is. But, you know, the majority of content being consumed online is video. So many businesses were thinking we should probably do more video, but now nah, like that's not for us. There's no one that would want to do video. And, you know, <laughs> we don't think it would be right for us. But I think that, that the amount of um, just, in, in, just internally, like the amount of video and the amount of exposure, even if it's video, calls and things like that it started to help people realize that perhaps they could and then combining that with the fact that we're seeing more people embrace or more people understand that you don't need a really high production value video to still do really well and I guess what I mean by that is not that you should produce low quality you know like like terrible videos but that um you don't maybe where you would have thought previously that you would need to hire a team of a videographer like hire a video production company where you would need to hire a studio and where you would need to have you know fairly big budget to have a the kind of production value that we see on on netflix you know netflix style production value um but again we've been challenged that that, that doesn't need to be the case. I was talking before about TV talk shows. We've seen um, Jimmy Kimmel running his show or Jimmy Fallon from his kitchen. We've seen James Corden in his his garage. We've seen, you know, we've seen um we've seen the challenge of really is the requirement for that really high production value and can it still work if you don't have the big budget? So I think combined with people being on camera more day to day as a sudden part of their job because they're not in person with people and, and also realizing that you don't need the biggest budget and, and a videographer and, um, you know, a studio and all of that, more smaller businesses are starting to embrace B2B business b2b video content as part of their marketing strategies and realizing that if you create video as we've been talking about it's kind of at the top of the content pyramid because if you have video you have audio if you have video you likely have a written a blog post or an article that can be written about the video you have lots of social content that you could extract from it so realizing that actually the return on investment is going to be there too and as a result 
more smaller businesses are starting to realize that they don't need that massive budget to start creating some decent videos with people raising their hands now and saying, perhaps I could be the, the, the person on camera, the, the, the face of the company or the face of the team. So I think, I don't know if that's a trend. Sorry if that's not a really great answer to the question, but I think that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> I think that is a, a wonderful answer to the question because I think, I, you know, I see that too, that I, I think there's barriers. People don't love the way they look. They don't love the way they sound, but people are getting used, more and more used to seeing themselves and staring back into the camera. And, you know, and, and I love what you said that you don't have to have the best quality in the world. You, you want to keep growing your quality. You want it to get better. But like, if, if you just got a web cam and a, a microphone. There's so much content that you can create and companies are more capable than ever. And, you know, there's plenty of tools that will enable them, including <clears throat> hint, hint, uh, Camtasia studio, right? Camtasia <laughs> will allow people to do this content too. Yeah, but absolutely. like, but I, but I love what you're saying because I, I think, uh, what a great thing. And, and for anyone that's listening to this or watching this episode, if you are in that position, you're thinking, well, I could use to make more video. We have lots of great free resources. Go out to the TechSmith Academy. You can check those out and you can learn how to write a script. You can learn about storyboarding. You can learn about basics of shooting. We've got how to make screen video, all that sort of stuff, which, um, you know, so, and that's the other thing, right? I think, Amy, to your point is that there's also more resources to help you learn yeah. how to do this. You know, 10 years ago, I started doing a live show for TechSmith. And 10 years ago, no one, like no one was doing a live show and it was painful. Like the things that we're trying to figure out to kind of piece together. But now, you know, there's wonderful names out there that will go just teach you everything you might want to know. And probably the problem is there's so much information. What, which one do you listen to? But fantastic <laughs> creators who are willing to share everything they know about creating online video, whether it's live or pre-recorded or whatever. And, uh, and you know, I guess the, this is a $10 word we can throw or a 10 pound word, excuse me, we should, we can throw around, this, you know, the democratization of video creation, right? Everyone can do it and you can be successful. So I, I, I think that's a, a, a wonderful, wonderful, uh, kind of viewpoint and, and, and one that if I think we need to pay attention to, because it, it really could change the dynamic of B2B business as well as just how people are interacting further. Uh, so as yeah. we wrap up, Amy, uh, just, really kind of what I'd like to do here is two things. One, I'd love you to, if there's anything you would like to to share with us in terms of how we can, people could reach out to you or anything. I know you have a book. If you want to uh, briefly talk about mm -hmm. that, kind of give your, your last pitch. And then we're going to do something new here. Your final take, kind of your last words about repurposing content. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up for the, for today's episode. Yeah, so in terms of um, getting in touch with me, and firstly, just, you know, be, thank you so much for having me on. It's been fantastic. <laughs> um, so um, it really, yeah, just go to content10x.com. Um, and then if you are interested in the book, if, you know, if you are wanting to take those steps towards repurposing content, then, um, yeah, my book, content10x.com, just forward slash book, or you can find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online. It's it's just content10x. Um, so that's probably the best kind of starting point to um, to kind of take that step and, and just keep in touch with me as well. If you follow me on social media at content10x on all the social media platforms, I like to share lots of content there as well to help people on their repurposing journey. So, yeah, so um, that would be fantastic. Um, and then you, and then a final- Kind of your last take on yeah. what's a lot, your last words about content repurposing for us that you would, last words of wisdom. 
I guess the last words of wisdom are to really think about why you are creating the content um, in the first place and to not be so quick to go and create the next piece of content if you haven't got the most out of each piece of content that you create. Because if it's about reaching more people and wanting to connect with more people, then you may just be surprised that you achieve more from really, you know, creatively going to town with repurposing your each piece of content than you do with having more of the original pieces. I think you just may be really surprised that you actually connect with more people because previously you were mainly connecting with those that watch video and now you're connecting with visual learners, with readers, with people who only go on social media and never look at YouTube or whatever it may be. So just think about the expansion and reach and if that's what it is, if that is your goal, then you're going to be surprised at how many different people you can truly connect with. And I think that's the important word, connection. If you look at repurposing in different ways to, to suit the individual learning styles and preferred formats of individuals. So um, just don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> just take it one step at a time and and see the results. And I, I promise you will start to see that you um, you do reach more people. Fantastic. One step at a time. Great advice from Amy Woods. Amy, yeah. thank you again so much. It's always a pleasure to get to talk with you and and and, and been great to hear your words of wisdom and advice. And everyone go check out Amy's book. Go follow her on social. She's, you know, one thing I've noticed you do, Amy, is you've been reposting and repurposing your own content from and it's it's great. I love the snippets because I don't always have time to go dig into everything. So I, I love getting those nuggets on a kind of easily digestible basis. So Thank you once again, and we, we really appreciate you being here and all that you've done for us today. Don't forget to go check out all TechSmith's great resources. We've got lots of great resources, lots of great other episodes that can help you to understand how to do some of these things, including editing video for the purpose of repurposing or just to edit video to make it a little, a little bit shorter. But we appreciate everybody watching and tuning in. And here's the thing. If, if you're listening to the Visual Lounge or watching it right now and you're saying, hey, this is good stuff, we try to do this weekly. We took a little bit of a break, but we'd love to have you either subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, you know, download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, whatever that might be. And we'd love to have you follow along with us because that helps us know that people are listening and that people are getting value out of it. And if you have a question, you can always email us. You can email the visual lounge at techsmith.com. And I read those, I check that, and then we'll get back with you and answer questions. And we can, you know, if you got feedback for us, like, hey, Matt, you know, I didn't like your glasses today. Or what was your t-shirt? This is the, the the live stream show I used to do 10 years ago. Uh, you know, we're happy to, to indulge you guys there as well. So with that said, we hope you're, wherever you are in your journey, you're creating videos, making images, just learning to create better visual communication. We hope that you take some time to level up every single day. We'll be back again next time, guys, and we will see you when we see you, I suppose. <laughs>